He's the owner of the most educated feet in professional wrestling. Some would call him the professor. Some might call him infamous. We call him the host of the show. And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? It's time for the Undisputed Podcast with Bobby Fish. Fire away. Fire away? What is this? Somebody getting shot? I hope not. Oh, well. <laughs> or fired. Is somebody getting uh, future endeavored? <laughs> I hope Frank. not. We, have, we haven't even started yet. Fra- yeah, Frank, <laughs> Dennis, and I have been talking, and uh, it's time. <laughs> Frank, I've, been asked, I've been asked to come on this show for a really <laughs> tough conversation. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> and your replacement boom. is here, Frank. <laughs> we wanted you to be able to place a face to your disappointment and uh it's- i'll still support the show <laughs> oh well we appreciate that um yeah somebody somebody you. i'm the face of many many people's disappointment so <laughs> well our I'm, guess- I'm the face of my parents disappointment so congratulations <laughs> Just don't be your wife's disappointment that's what you want to stay away from i think i don't have a wife okay well, fair enough, Dennis. <laughs> Who's our guest? Our guest this week. Hey, that was is pretty Mr. cool. Mr. Josh Sharonoff. Hey, how's it going? Hello, I was just hitting things on my roadcast and making is that, yeah. is that like when edit, whenever you're introduced, does that noise it happen? It just goes. <laughs> Man, that's pretty yeah. cool. Whenever you enter a room, that's <laughs> That's delicious. I didn't even know that was on there, but uh, but apparently it is. But hey, thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. No, we're excited to have you, sir. Very excited. Very pumped. Very excited. Mm-hmm. And yes, mm-hmm. making an appearance back this week is the Demi. The Demi. That, that Josh, in case you're unaware, that is the... Uh, Annual will be annual, but for our award show, uh, we do affectionately call the podcast the Demi Pod, and uh, that is the Demi Award. Very nice. Yes, I, I support that completely. I have a uh, Sherney Award right behind me that I gave oh, myself on my beautiful. show. Oh, good for you! Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I always joke around because up in one, you can't see it, but up in one of these cases is an actual award I've won. Okay. <laughs> but no one ever sees that, but my fake award that I gave yeah. myself sits there. So, well, it's kind of a pro wrestling tradition. Yeah, right. That nothing is what it seems. It's like when my kids asked me, um, Daddy, what do I tell people you do for a living? And I said, Girls, Daddy lies for a living. <laughs> Daddy's a professional liar. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, hopefully, they didn't actually say that, but. Sure, it explains a lot. <laughs> All right. Well, Dennis, Frank, Josh, are we ready to go? Let's get it ripped. All right. Where where are we starting out, Frank? So, Josh, why don't you tell us about your background, how you growing up, were you a fan of the business? Who did you like? What did you watch? That's where I explained to all of your fans why the hell I'm here. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that, too. So, Please. Uh, uh, my background, yeah, I've been a fan my entire life. I uh, It was probably 1989 or so when it started, so not my entire life, although I'm fine if people think I was born in 89. Um, but as long as I can remember, 
I've been a wrestling fan. I don't have that, that memory of like, you know, some people are like, Oh, I remember the first match I saw and I don't have that. Um, but I do just remember always being fascinated with it. My favorite of all time was Brett Dittman Hart going back to the heart foundation days. Um, so I, I was always drawn to the, the realism, the story, the technique, uh, in that regard. Um, that's not to say, listen, during high school, I was a big fan of the rock and, and stone cold. So it's not like I, I didn't like any of the mm. entertainment side of it. Um, huge mm. fan of that stuff, but from an in-ring wrestling standpoint, I just, just the little things, man, Bret Hart would mm. get punched and just the, the way it looked, yeah. you know, it, it was just, it was different. And you, and I could even tell as a kid back then okay. it was just different. Like I just, I think I just felt it differently. So yeah, I think always you don't even necessarily identify it at that time, but you just oh, know yeah. it's, like you said, it's just different. And yeah, totally at the time relate. I was probably like those sunglasses are awesome, but you know, mm. yeah, but I I I just was always such a fan of him. Um and it's it's funny cuz it was kind of juxtaposed to I was a big Shawn Michaels fan too and mm. very different styles, mm-hmm. but the two of them together just complemented each other mm. so well in the ring, but uh both but super yeah. technical. Yep. Yeah, you know. just different type of technique, right? But, yes. But both very technical in what they were doing. And snug and always there, not a lot of daylight between, mm-hmm. you know, there wasn't not much that either ever did in either of their careers looked phony. Yeah. You know, that's a big thing. So, yeah, what else am I supposed to say about myself here? <laughs> no, I mean, I for that, like, I, I mean, 100%, man, I'm I'm on board. And those are the the technical guys were the ones that, like, I identified with so much. So to hear you say that, I'm like, okay, I'm not such a weirdo. No, that, I mean, that was my that was my thing. Now, at the same time, like, I look back on events, like, everybody talks about how WrestleMania 9 was, like, the worst WrestleMania ever. That's, like, one of my favorites of all time. Really? Which so, one like, was that? I, that was I, the the uh, Vegas one, the toga party. Oh, yeah. Now, I was nine years old at the time. So, in fairness, like, you know, it was pretty cool. But to me, I just mm. thought it was, like, this just looks amazing, you know? Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I've, I like both sides of it. But the technical side of wrestling has always been, uh, yeah, that's cool. I guess, the showmanship alongside the technical right like i don't want to just watch technical wrestling with absolutely no energy Mm. behind it you know it's got to really it has to it has to be something that pulls you in yeah yeah, so that's that's my fandom um, okay which was yeah before i got into the business Uh, then you can never look at the business the same way right once you're in it but no No, in a, in a, in a strange way, it kind of ruins the business for you. It, I mean, you still it, it love it, does. but you learn to love it in a different way. Yeah. No, you, you, that's very well said. Yeah. And obviously from somebody who's experienced that firsthand, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, no, it, it, it's true because you can't, once you, you know, get that, that peek behind the curtain thing was like, uh, I always look at it as like somebody who was a kid and just was obsessed with magic. Mm. and grew up to and studied to become you know the world's greatest magician um they're not going to feel the same way about it as they did when they were a kid they know all the tricks now they know how it's done magic is the perfect analogy but now they have a a different appreciation right Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think that's the perfect analogy truly thank you yeah 
<laughs> Glad I could bring that. Yeah. Um, he can't put the rabbit back in the hat, you know? So it's it's true. Like, you're like, well, shit, that's cool that now, like, I think every fan, it is that juxtaposition of like, they want to know and they right. want to know more and more and more. And it's like, listen, I don't want to ruin it for you. Like the yeah. Wizard of Oz was so much cooler before you peek behind the curtain. Yeah, right. You know, and, and that peak, it's like, be careful what you wish for, yeah. you know? And then it's because what has to happen is, and I feel like it's what's happened with wrestling today with fans. Mm -hmm. They're no longer fans the way that they used to be nope. where they were watching something they thought was real and they were really invested in, in that regard. Now they watch it in like a, to be appreciative of your performance, mm -hmm. right? Like I, where they're looking at it going, okay, I know you're not really going to try and punch him in the face as hard as you can, mm -hmm. but I want to believe that you are. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to cheer for the one that really makes me believe that. Unfortunately, yeah. I feel like what happens is you have wrestlers out there who are not as well trained as they should be and know they're going to get a reaction. Well, okay. If we need to make you think that we're really punching each other in the face, well, if we just really punch each other in the face, mm -hmm. then the fans are going to pop for it and they're missing. I feel like they're kind of missing the art of it, mm -hmm. but that's, you know, it's my opinion on it. I don't disagree. I mean, I, I think that what has come of it at this point is just a work upon a work upon a work. And like, you know, you just don't know who's being worked at this point. Like yeah. the term Mark doesn't even fit in today's business. Cause it's like, who's really the mark right <laughs> like, nobody knows anymore it's just it's turned into um it's always been kind of a circus but now it's like a circus within a circus so yeah. it makes no sense but yeah is what it is I still get still bit by the bug that's the oh, way yeah. it was that was the the analogy that was uh termed to me when i was on the come up was you get bit by the bug. And then once you get bit by the bug, you're sick. And like, you can't get it never rid of goes away. Yeah. And it, it never does. And, and truly that's what happened to me. Cause I know my first match was a battle Royal. And before I went out, I'm looking around this locker room and I'm thinking to myself, like, these are not my people. Like I, this is not <laughs> birds of a feather. And I figured, okay, I'll wrestle and I'll do this one. And then I'm, I'm out of this shit. And I went through the curtain and even with like the, you know, tens of police, 10 people that were at that Knights of Columbus. Um, it was still performance. And yeah. that was the bug. And the bug got me that night. And, you know, 20 some odd years later. Here I am. And it's, it's cool because it's a performance that you just can't replicate it anywhere else, yeah. even when there are only 10 people in there. And I, I sure. mean, I've literally wrestled in front of one person before. Yeah. Um, that is, <laughs> so I, I, will, I, I would. <laughs> I would wrestle, I would be less nervous, I feel like, to wrestle in front of a hundred thousand than yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Because like yeah. it is it is just the most uncomfortable. Like you kind of want to yeah. stop and just be like, hey, we all know what's happening here. Yeah. You know? that, but uh <laughs> yeah, it, it it can get really uncomfortable. That time Dennis wrestled in front of one person, he didn't have any clothes on. So that it was, was weird. Yeah. Congratulations. Talk about uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly for the person watching. He did the job, though. He still jobbed. Yeah, yeah. He still did the job. Sometimes you got to put yourself over. Um, yeah. So no, I just think uh, it's it's a 
it's a form of, of performance that you can't find anywhere else. Cause it's really, yeah. you, you get to go out there and both be yourself and not yourself at the same time. Yeah. It's like, as close to when you like, when I watch my kids playing and like, you see how intent they're into whatever game it is. Mm-hmm. And it's just completely real in that moment yeah. for them. Yeah. That's kind of what you get to do in a way. It's really, it's, yeah. it's very cool. And yeah if, yeah, if if you've never done it, then sometimes you don't understand, but yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, it's amazing feeling. Yeah, you get the hall pass to do it as an adult. Yep. Yeah, you <laughs> get to just play. Yeah, yeah, it's a strange, strange reality of it. Um, I, Frank, what do you what do you uh, you have next? Because I know what my next question would be. If you, I think the obvious question was going to be, Josh, how did you get in the business? Why did you get okay. the business? Yeah, we're on the same page. Right? Yeah, Maybe so um, when I was uh, when I was nine years old, uh, Bill Apter moved into my neighborhood. And, oh, no kidding. Uh, yeah, and that, I think, changed everything. I don't know, because at, at that, when I was getting into the business, like when I officially started training, um, it was still, it was not easy to find a way to get in to the business. So I feel like mm-hmm. if I didn't have that connection to Bill and he moved into the neighborhood and, you know, my brother and myself and, and our friends, you know, we show up at his house to watch, pay-per-views <laughs> and do the, you know, um, oh my God. but his, I was kind of hoping you were going to say he moved into your attic. No, no, no. He's, I mean, he currently lives in my attic, but no, but so his daughter, uh, was in the same grade as my sister. And so they hit it off and became like best friends. And, and, uh, to the point, I mean, she was at, uh, at his daughter's wedding and, and wow. vice versa. So oh, like it, it's, yeah, they're, they're, um, still close. And so, yeah, Bill became just a close family friend. And nice. so when I was, you know, I already had in my mind by nine years old, I already knew I wanted to be a professional wrestler. And mm. so now it's like, I'm presented with this. Oh, and you're wondering how can you do it? Well, yeah. ask this guy, he knows everybody. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I started, you know, I, I went to the wild Simone training center, um, off oh. of the wild Simone's school All and, right. uh, yeah. And so, but I was told, okay, well, you're not, old enough yet because i was 15 and mm. they said you're not old enough yet to train so i was like okay well i'll just do my own thing i had this idea i'm like well there's little league for you know you've got these young kids playing baseball these young kids playing football i'm wrestling in high school at this point mm-hmm. but why can't and you can do theater so i'm like so this is a sport and theater and like right. i'm trying to wrap my head around the idea of why a 15 year old could go out on a mat and do amateur wrestling for high school mm-hmm. uh, and can go out on a stage and do a, a, a performance at their school, mm-hmm. but can't do professional Dude, wrestling. Right. So I yeah. started this thing called uh, the teenage wrestling foundation. When I was 15 and uh, we put on a show. Um, first it was at, uh, at the gym at my school. And then we, uh, we put on a show, um, that we actually rented uh we rented the ring from jim kettner ecwa oh um, geez. i know, yeah, I I know bobby that you before yeah. i know that you've worked there before because <laughs> yeah. i was just 
uh, uploading your video and we'll get to that. But so then we rented that. Then I rented a ring from Afa when we did a show at the Fort Washington Expo Center. So it was like this really big performance. And I was, I think at that point I was 16, but we're in the local newspaper and all that. So again, you talk about the bug. I had the bug and wasn't even properly trained. We had some indie workers like show up, like we booked them to show up to train us that day. Um, but we pretty much put on like a show. We didn't really even do that many moves. Like we just yeah. kind of did the entertainment side of it. Um, because I looked at it and said, I was like, I want to get into this any way I possibly can. Sure. I want to wrestle. So I'll do it that way. Um, and once I, uh, once I graduated, well, right before I graduated high school, I went up to the wild Simone training center and actually started training. Um, okay. so that's where I actually went and trained. Uh, and then I, I, promoted a few more shows as I got older when I was like 19 I did it again when I was like in my 20s and mm-hmm. and then a, a guy named Kevin Keenan um who's a referee he was ref he was um with the WWE Keenan. at the time um not he wrestled, Keener, he ref- that's he, Mike Keenan no not Mike Keener no Kevin um, Keenan so Kevin um, Keenan the he name does some stuff like familiar. NWA now He's been doing okay. some stuff with NWA. It does sound familiar. I, I we may have crossed paths because it's probably. I mean, it's it yeah, but and he, it's a small world. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. So he was down in OVW at the time in 07. and okay. I was on the Indies, and he sends me an AIM instant message, and uh, <laughs> and he pretty much like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, hey, how's it going down there? And he he was in developmental, but also on the ECW brand at the time mm-hmm. for WWE, mm-hmm. and he's just like. He's like, man, he's like, what are you doing on the Indies? He's like, come down here. Like, if you really want to do this, come down here. Mm-hmm. And I had been off and on for years of, you know, I, I wasn't every weekend traveling. I was, you know, a couple times a month or whatever. So at that point, I'm like, you know what? I really do want to do this. Let me, let me go down and, and try this. But I want to make sure I want to erase all of my bad habits. Mm-hmm. So I want to come to the beginner, the beginner's class. Sure. which was Joey Matthews at the time for a couple of weeks. Then it became Nick Dinsmore. Um, okay. So I went in, I learned from Nick. And what I did was I started going, setting up the ring for OVW at their house shows. Um, mm-hmm. And I would go and sit next to Al Snow um, just the whole show long. And in the beginning, I was just kind of eavesdropping and listening to what Al had to say. But over time, Al starts directing his, you know, his lessons kind of towards me mm-hmm. Um which was awesome. I wasn't contracted. I wasn't, you know, I was just down there on my own, but I was kind of getting this education from Al Mm -hmm. um, and you know, what to do, what not to do. And then from the beginner class, I went on to train under Rip Rogers, uh, Mm -hmm. who is a a character and a half Um, and uh, and still is to this day. He is still. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But so that was an experience, but, Mm. uh, but yeah, so I got to learn there and then uh, I was there from 07 to 08 um, and then uh, WWE moved everybody to Tampa. And at the time what I was doing down there, I was driving. So when Kevin, when Kevin Keenan got moved to Tampa first, he had been driving uh, Drew McIntyre and Wade Barrett who had just joined. They had just come over. They didn't have driver's license uh, in the U S Okay. So he had been driving into the shows. So when he left, he asked me, he's like, Hey, can you drive them? Oh, like, shit. absolutely. I'll, yeah. you know, I'll do that. Yeah. So, um, I became, you know, great friends with those guys, but was able to talk about the matches afterwards. And, and, you know, obviously yeah. they were still 
green at the time too even though mm -hmm. drew had been put on tv but i think everybody sure. remembers how that went yeah, um yeah but uh that was my claim to fame that i would drive drew to the airport for him to go to smackdown um and then pick him up so he could go to ovw afterwards but um <laughs> but it was it was a great great experience it was a lot of fun yeah but when wwe left um i remember wade barrett had offered for me to sleep on his couch in tampa um and he's like they're not opening it up to anyone but i can try to see if maybe you can get some like after hours work uh -huh. and at that point i was kind of burnt out i was you know i'm only five eight i'm not a huge guy yeah. um i've had neck injuries since high school sure. before the pro wrestling stuff so Oh boy. Um, so I was kind of like, you know what? I'm a little burnt out. I'm going to go home, just take a couple indie bookings. I came, this is, this is my short version, by the way. Um, but uh, <laughs> okay. I came home. I worked the indies a little bit. My last match that I had was against Rich Swan in his first match. Um, oh, wow. And Rich was a great, great kid back then. Like he was just, you know, I, I I'm not going to say, oh, I knew he'd be a star or whatever, but I just yeah. knew he was a really good guy back yeah. then he was very respectful uh way more respectful than i deserved. but they were treating me since i had been in ovw for a cup of coffee now all of a right. sudden i was this you know uh this yeah. veteran in the locker room yeah. which was ridiculous yeah. but um <laughs> but no so i had that match with rich and yeah. um i remember we did a uh, crucifix pin and it wasn't the actual pin itself but when i rolled backwards out of the on the kick out I felt like this like crunch in my neck mm. and I, and that was at that point, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a break. Mm. And, uh, that was it. <laughs> so I never, never wrestled <laughs> again. Um, and I thought I was out of the, the business entirely. Um, and then about 10 years after that match, um, I bumped into Bill Apter. Uh, I was driving in the old neighborhood and he's taking the trash out. Mm -hmm. And uh, I stopped to say hello to him. We, of course, had stayed in touch and everything, but we hadn't really seen each sure. other in a while. And he said, like, come on downstairs. Come on to Aptor's Alley. And uh, so I went <laughs> down down there, and he's showing me everything. He's like, you should come back on Wednesday. I do a, a YouTube show. You should come host it with me. I'm like, yeah, all right. That'd be kind of neat. Yeah. Um, so I, can't, I, I did that with him, and he's like, this was great. Sure. This was so much fun. He's like, but you need a gimmick. He's like, you got to come back again, but you need a gimmick. I'm like, well, what gimmick? I'm just me now. I'm just sure. Josh Chernoff. I'm just, you know. Right. Um, and that's where the, you see behind me all these ties. Yeah. That's where that came from, of just oh, getting sure. like the airbrush ties and stuff okay. like that, which has kind of become a bit of a gimmick for me when I do, when I do shows. And, yeah, um, gimmicks work. Yeah. And then <laughs> that was it. One thing led to another. Started doing a podcast with him. Started doing shows and ended cool. up in streaming. And Yeah now uh here we are and now here we are with premier streaming network yeah super excited to have you guys on the network um yeah which is it's just really cool like we're really uh we're really pumped to have you guys on there um and uh yeah this was just you know getting to be in the business from so many different sides of it having my own mm -hmm. show and being a promoter before and being in the ring and all that i feel like once i got behind the scenes in the streaming world I was able to almost look at it in a slightly different way of mm -hmm. like knowing what the talent wants and what the promoters want and the content creators want. And I think now with, with premiere, that's something that I'm able to really offer and I'm excited to be able to offer because I think the better the atmosphere is for the content creators and the promoters, mm -hmm. uh, the better 
the experience is going to be all the way around. I think everybody's sure. just going to be more motivated. You know, if you're having mm-hmm. fun doing something, you're going to be yeah. more motivated. If you're not having fun, I think it's impossible to be creative. Like yeah. my, my wife teaches barbering and like she, you know, she loves cutting hair and, and doing hair because she's got cosmetology and she's got all of it. But wow. she it she's excited over it. So like when she does it, like, you know, she's putting her heart into it. And I think that that goes for, you know, anything when you're, if you're not loving it, it's really difficult to be creative because you don't give a shit. And I think when you're a creative person, it's incredible. It can get really depressing to, if you're not having fun because you don't have that outlet, you Mm -hmm. need to be able to, you know, to be creative with people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, completely uh get where you're coming from with that like i i think that that is the kind of the cross that creative people have to bear is you've got to have and if you don't have it at that time like you've got to find it has to become your mission like you've got to find your outlet because if not like you are not you're just not going to be happy yeah no absolutely and it was tough i know for me i was very lucky I worked in commercial real estate, uh, came in, went into a family business and, and was working, uh, first went in working with my grandfather and then was working with my brother. And, um, and it just, you know, which was great, gave me a, a ton of business experience, uh, which mm-hmm. is great for what I'm doing now. Um, sure. but, uh, but there was no, there, there was no creative outlet. So I, yeah. you know, I'd go, I'd play some music places. I do, did some acting and all, but, um, but like you talked about that bug with wrestling mm-hmm. for me, it was how it, even subconsciously it was like, how do I get back mm-hmm. to wrestling? Even though I didn't realize that I was trying to, mm-hmm. I, you know, once I got back, I'm just like, this is it. This is where I'm meant to be. Yeah. So, you know, I'm yeah. excited to be doing this now. Well, and you, it seems like because it was a varied path on the come up that like you've developed this unique set of skills and now here comes the streaming network and all of this stuff. And like, you're able to put a lot of this together because of the unique experiences that, that, you know, were varied enough that maybe they didn't fit, you know, hook and eye necessarily to begin with, but they're starting to now. So that's awesome. Yeah, no, I think that's true. And, and, you know, I look at it and all I wanted to do is be a pro wrestler. I wasn't a particularly good one. You know, I just, I wanted to do it. And I sometimes look at it and go, when I first started doing, you know, uh, interviews and, and commentating and things like that, I remember just thinking like, why didn't I realize like a decade and a half ago that this is what I should have been doing? Um, I wouldn't be in as much pain, you know, yeah. uh, but yeah. it, it's, you know, but, but again, I think those experiences, I think it was all meant to be because those experiences prepared me to you know i have found when i'm in a, a locker room um you know i i used to do a lot of stuff with aew for the network that i worked with before and and um there was a point with aew i saw this with impact i could tell there was like a trust among people because they knew because i knew enough people mm-hmm. from my previous life in wrestling yeah. that word would get around of like nah he's cool he's fine yeah. and you know how it is in in the locker yeah. room like the fact that's a real thing yeah and it was and i took it very seriously when people would be you know talking about things that was very obvious that that's not for outside ears yeah um and that they you know 
trusted me enough that they yeah. weren't, you know, you know, kayfabe, kayfabe, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, which I don't think anyone's done since like the eighties, but, um, but <laughs> I since they weren't, it. yeah, yeah. Frank does it. That's good. Um, but, uh, you know, but that meant a lot. And I Frank think does it when his wife comes into the room. Though. Yeah. Wife is here. Oh man. <laughs> so let's go back to OVW. Were you there when Jim Cornette was there? No, I was there. Uh, so I got there at the end of 07. Um, so I heard a lot of Jim Cornette stories, but Al, that was Snow, my and, question. Al Snow was the one who, uh, who was there at the time when I was yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, but no, I heard store. I heard all the stories, you know, the Santino story and, <laughs> and all that. And um, from people who witnessed it and it's, you know, it's funny stuff. And I, I got to witness some cool moments that, you know, are also like, you know, you'll see things and then you'll see it reported. And mm -hmm. it was like my first uh, taste of, of reading something about it uh, and mm -hmm. going, I was there. That is not what, <laughs> that is not what happened. Um, yeah. And, Welcome yeah, to so, yeah. There's, there's, I was there for the, uh, the CM Punk Tony Atlas yeah. altercation. Oh, in quotes. okay. All um, right. And I've heard Tony Atlas's version. I've heard CM Punk's version. And neither of those are <laughs> the, the, the truth is no. somewhere in the yeah. middle. Somewhere in the middle is the truth. Um, an altercation there. happened, but it wasn't, you know, uh, everybody looked a lot better in their version of the story, um, but a lot tougher. Usually how lot, it goes. Um, usually how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh okay so i gotta ask this question then mm -hmm. uh do you know a gentleman by the name of scott cardinale i do i do know scott so i have okay. not seen him probably since like 08 yeah um, scott but, and i uh, came up uh together we were both trained by tony devito um and I know Scott was down there when I yep. was still doing, like, I, I think I was working predominantly in Japan at the time, but Scott, I know, moved down to Louisville and, and was trying, you know, same thing, giving this a go. Yeah, Scott was in the same, I'm trying to think where, I don't really remember him from training. I remember him from shows. So he was probably okay, maybe yeah the, the, the training point of having it, or maybe he was going to like the, uh, they had like the pro training that Al Snow would do with like the may have guys. Been. He may have been going that, but yeah, um, I don't remember. Yeah, exactly we definitely went to was. shows and definitely went to Fourth Street after shows okay. up down in uh <laughs> down in Louisville, but uh, all right, which I hear is not as exciting of a place anymore. But no, uh, I don't not know. that it was that. Ex I mean, it was exciting for for Louisville. But, you know, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, but we, yeah. so yeah, I knew him. I mean, we weren't, we weren't close okay. or anything, but yeah, but no, I remember him. He was yeah. a nice guy. Yes. He, he is a, a nice man. He is a good dude. Awesome. For sure. So let's dive into this network. Um, yeah. How did it start? What was the brainchild? Um, walk us through the process. Yeah. So I was, uh, I was working for fight TV Um for about four years and I'd gone on full time, um, in the beginning, actually a, a year ago today, um, was when I officially started full time. I'd been doing the full time mm. work for about six months prior to that. And then it was just, you know, then we just made it official, but, um, and you know, 
look, nothing bad to say. I, I, I appreciate every opportunity I was given there. I started there. I was doing my own show called So Says Chernoff. It was like a satirical wrestling news show. And I would do it every month. And, um, and I, I showed it to Mike Weber and he liked, he's like, yeah, bring it on here. And then from there I started doing hosting stuff for them. And, um, and it was a, a, an amazing experience. Um, but once I was actually in there, you know, I realized that I, I needed, I had gotten to a point where I kind of needed a change. I, I felt that I had given as much as I was going to be able to, or maybe not as much as I was going to be able to give, but as much as was going to be, received if that makes any sense um okay. and i uh i had ideas that for whatever reason weren't able to happen where i was working and mm-hmm. you know and so i was kind of like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna go um and kind of see what else is out there and mm-hmm. you know i'd been doing some commentary i've been doing a lot of on-air stuff and but i also was doing a lot of producing a lot of directing and I was kind of like, all right, I, I know I can find a place somewhere. So let me figure out what I want to do. Um, Sounds a little bit to me like you were in search of the creative outlet. I was. Honestly, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was a really big part of it. And um, I, I I felt like I needed I needed that. I needed to be able to create something and and you know in while i was working there my brother and i created um an event uh called the wrestling showcase and um we ended up promoting that and just working on that and that was a really exciting uh kind of departure from my day-to-day job mm-hmm. but still in the business where i started going like okay i i, I have no interest in being a promoter but mm-hmm. what can i do like i like the creative aspect i like being able to look at a product and say, okay, what can we do to make this even better? What can we do to get more eyeballs on it? And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed that creative side of it. So what happened was uh, my partner, Paul Owen, who is, he's one, he's the president of our company actually, but the, the executive team is myself, Paul Owen and my brother, Fred. Um, and we all do different things. Paul came up, uh, he worked um on the team for ufc fight pass uh he's been in streaming his entire career and he was hired by wwe to relaunch the wwe network the one that ended up as he jokes he did such a great job that it got bought by peacock and then he didn't have a job anymore um but that'll teach you yes he got a little too uh, creative yeah right so he he did he did too well um but uh so he and I, we met, uh, at fight and, um, it, and what's funny is he, you know, which I'm sure no one believes, but he and I decided indivi- uh, independent of each other to leave. And, um, to the point where it was almost like when I found out that he had given his notice after I had given my notice, I was like, Oh God, they're going to like, <laughs> think we're like abandoning ship, you know, like, uh, yeah, like, come with me, you know? And, um, but, uh, you know, and then what happened was, you know, my brother had been looking into, um, I think in doing the wrestling showcase, I think he felt a lot. He saw a lot of, from the content creator side, the promoter side, he looked at the streaming, uh, the, the world, the way that it was and all the options that he had. And obviously, through me had connections to get this on the air, but he looked at it and was just not satisfied with it. And he's just like, man, this could be so much better. Meanwhile, uh, you know, 
Paul and myself kind of both leave. My brother had been kicking some ideas around and long story short, you know, it, it's, you've got Paul who's probably the best in the field at, at what he does. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then myself, who's, you know, mediocre. Um, and, you know, so, <laughs> but what happened was it, it just was a perfect storm of like, yeah, you know, let's, let's see what this could be, you know, and it started sure. kind of being like, okay, well, we're not, we're not there anymore. Um, so we're free to do whatever. We're still looking at other options of what we're going to do. I was still talking to uh, another company about going in and doing uh, on-air stuff with them at the time, but we started uh, talking and very quickly, the three of us were just like, I think we might be onto something here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that became premier streaming network. And it's amazing. I, I, I don't think anyone would believe us that, you know, I know my brother was, was coming up with ideas and filing things um, before he had ever said anything to us. But um, we really have been working on this since the beginning of November and that's it. Um, Which is uh, a testament to the team, you know, that I'm able to work with and everybody else that we've been able to bring on um, helping with graphics and, and, helping with uh, just on the the tech side of it, um, which is certainly not my expertise, the the tech stuff. That's all Paul (laughs) and his team. But um, we've been doing this for a short amount of time, but we all have a vision of exactly what we want our end result to be. And I think that's why it's come together as quickly as it has. My brother's experience of launching businesses, which is something that he's done in the past, he comes at it with that business experience and the, you know, comes out with the MBA that, you know, he knows what he's doing in that regard. And from me working in the creative end of things and programming, I know what I'm doing in that regard. And Paul knows what he's doing in the tech side of it. Um, and we all kind of overlap a little with each yeah. other. So, but we all know, we all know how to stay in our own lane as well and really, focus on that and, and, and do our job as, as well as we possibly can. And it's, it's been an amazing experience. It's been just a couple of months, but um, it's unbelievable to think that we're going to be launching when we're launching, which I'm still not allowed to say yet, but uh, very, <laughs> very, very, very soon um, to the point where by the time this drops, you might even have a press release coming out. Um, but I literally have, All right. I have a meeting tomorrow which is to get that green light that says, right. yes, you guys are ready to launch at this time from a, yeah. cause like we're, we could do it now. It's the um, it's all the apps. We're waiting mm-hmm. for approval on all the different apps and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I'm about 99% sure that it's going to be when we think it's going to be, but, okay. uh, but yeah, so hopefully by the time people are watching this or hearing this, uh, sure. it's already launched and, yeah. um, but yeah, we, we just, I think a lot of the network in general, it came out of us being a couple of things. One, we're digital first. We're people who came up in the digital side of the business and we understand it in a way that a lot of uh, other companies have TV executives that, you know, I won't, you know, proclaim to know what they know about television, but it's not, you know, the eighties or the nineties or even the early two thousands anymore. And, and there's a very different way to market. There's a very different way to present these things. Um, there's a lot that's, that can be similar, sure. but you have to understand it. And there's a lot that um, 
that I feel like we have a better understanding of than yeah. a lot of the other people in the space. Well, I mean, I'll say, and uh, Dennis and Frank, I, I would think you would potentially agree just because we're all similar age. Um, like when I was growing up, if you weren't on TV, like mm, how famous were you? There's nothing. Where yeah. Now, um, you know, there's some of these influencers and whatnot. I, I did a fight in uh, Dubai in November and there were people that were fighting on the card or were there or whomever. And like some of the <laughs> younger people there were like making a fuss over them. And I'm like, I wouldn't know him if I fucking hit him with my truck. <laughs> Seriously. No, it's amazing though. What social media and, and I mean, and just the internet in general, like sure. it's just, it's I mean, there's world. plenty of people who have a voice who should remain voiceless, mm. but there's a, but at the same time, <laughs> there's a lot of opportunity yeah. for people. And that's something that I think like, even with our network that we're excited with, we're working with a group called chop sports, um, chop sports media, and they've got a number of different uh, podcasts and oh, nice. uh, shows that are going to be on the network as well. And cool. what I like about it is, you know, nowadays on one hand, it's so easy that anyone can start a podcast. Right. Mm -hmm. And Lord knows everyone has, um, mm -hmm. but then we you look are. At a podcast. Well, no, but then you look at a podcast <laughs> like yours, for instance, and what I'm excited about, what we can do and what we're doing with Chop as well is mm -hmm. we're able to now give that platform because it you've reached a point where it's like, okay, everyone can do it, but it's an oversaturated market. Yeah. How does this one good podcast stand out? How do mm -hmm. you say, you know, well, you know, oh, you should listen to us or you should watch us. And everyone goes, why? And it's like, well, I talk about this. And it's like, well, so does that guy and that guy. Mm -hmm. So now we're hoping that Premier Streaming Network is going to be, that people are going to look at our network on a level of quality that they can look and they go, oh, Bobby Fish's podcast is on mm -hmm. there. Okay, that must be one of the upper echelon podcasts as opposed to, and that's not to knock any of the podcasts that aren't on our network. Go ahead, but knock you know, yeah, all right. Yeah, well, yeah, they're all the terrible. Um, no, but, but you know, but you know what I'm saying. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. we we want to build a level of trust with our viewers, where they can say, okay, we know. In the same way that you know, if a show is you know picked up by Netflix, you've got an idea. You go like, okay, this is probably yeah probably a decent show, as opposed yeah. to if it's like streaming on random dot TV, yeah. whatever. You know. Yeah. So that's I know what we're exactly trying to what build. you're saying. Yep. So we're trying to do that, which is an exciting thing to be able to do because there's so many content creators out there. And mm -hmm. another part that's fun of my job is to be able to look at what you've created and then say, okay, how can we make it even better? Mm -hmm. uh, no matter how good it is, I always believe that somebody, you can get another set of eyes on it and yeah. somebody can have a different idea. Not necessarily that's... a better idea, but a different idea. And eventually different. they'll yeah. come up, eventually when you work together with those people, you'll be able to come up with a way to make things even better. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that just kind of goes for life in and of itself. I mean, it's almost even like the difference between being 20 and you know, your twenties and your thirties or your thirties and your forties, like just, you learned as you get older and just get more life in the rear view, like to be more open-minded, yeah. you know, at, at 25, uh, yeah, you think you got to figure it out, but you know, 
throw another decade on there and you realize like holy shit how did how am i alive and it, it, how did it, i make it yeah right <laughs> and it's what i try I, I try to remember that too because i remember when i turned 20 i was like oh my god i'm so old then i remember when i turned 30 and i'm like oh my god i'm so old right. well now this year i'm gonna turn 40 so yeah. i'm looking at it and i'm reminding myself that right. because now i look back and man i jump back to 30 in a heartbeat <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah you so i'm would. looking at yeah. it now and i'm going when i turn 50 i'm going to be looking back at myself going were yeah. you really complaining at 39 that you were old <laughs> right and yeah. then the same 60 so it, it keeps yeah. going that way and so now i feel like i'm finally at a place in my life which is what you're talking about it's like yeah. you start to you start to realize you're more mature than you were in the past but you also yeah. realize that you've yet to mature as much as you will another 10 years and another 10 years, because we just, as long as you're open to keep learning, yeah, you know, you're just going to continue to grow as a person. Yeah. And yeah, man, but Oh God, I look back at 25. It's like, yeah. How did I, how did I even tie my shoes? Like, I don't, I, you know, yeah. I have like, this sinking yeah. suspicion that the real kick in the dick is that, um, the process never goes away. <laughs> like we're gonna get to the end of you know, get to your deathbed and you're gonna be like, Yeah, I've almost got it figured out. I do need another day. And yeah. I don't have no, it. we're never gonna figure it out. And and <laughs> no. the people who think they figured it out, they're the people they just stop, they stop growing. Yeah, there's and... a name for them, Josh. Yeah, it's assholes. Yo, there you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. true though. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so you mentioned Frank. the vision. What is the vision as a consumer? What can they expect from the network? And what's the future look like? Oh, so they can expect us. Yes, they can expect you. <laughs> um, they can expect. So a couple of different key boxes that we wanted to check was the user experience. Um, because we all have those, I mentioned Netflix earlier, right? Yes, We've sir. all had that show where you, you, they win a bunch of awards and you go, all right, I should probably check this out. Mm -hmm. And you look it up, where can I watch this? And it ends up on a streaming network where you're like, oh God, why couldn't it have been on this one instead? That's mm -hmm. such a better experience. It's such a better mm -hmm. user experience to watch. Of course. Yeah. Um, so we want to be the platform that if you're coming for pro wrestling or MMA or boxing, or eventually even more than that, because we're already talking to a number of fringe sports and more mainstream sports and just, and, and even outside of sports, just original content. So okay. we are, we're looking to, to just continue to grow. We're open to anything, but in the beginning, we are primarily pro wrestling and then some MMA and some boxing as well, as we continue to grow, obviously my experience and, Paul being from the WWE network, you know, these are, this is the business we know and we want to start with that. But um, I, I think that the user experience is so important because we want, you know, coming into this field, being the new, the new guy, we want to make sure that people start to go, okay, this pay-per-view is coming up. Where am I watching it? Oh, on that network. Oh man, I wish it was on premiere. That's what we want to get to. And I'll be honest because I've actually seen the platform already. Um, I think that's going to take maybe a day of people using it. I think somebody uses it once and they're going to go, Oh man, I wish everything was here. Right. Um, because that it's just, awesome. it's just set up in that way. Um, mm -hmm. 
because again, we've looked at it and this is where I think um, our age comes into play. Um, and Paul, you know, is, is younger than me. Um, but I think it's, it's the fact that we are people who stream things all the time. So mm -hmm. we have those complaints when you have somebody who's been a TV executive, who's been so busy that they don't even have time to watch something, you know, uh, which I'm now that busy, but you know, but before I wasn't, and we know the things we can look at our, our platform and go, okay, well this happens. Oh man, I would hate that if I was tuning in. We've had so many times where we're doing something and we'll look at it when we were building and go like, oh, that would just annoy the hell out of me. We, we can't have that. We've got to change that. And that I think, which I think is something that's honestly going to happen over the first year and second year. I think it's going to continue to happen. And, and we're going to listen to feedback. You know, we're going to be keeping an, an ear open and an eye out for, for the feedback from the users who are going to say like, Oh, I love this, but I wish you could do this. And maybe the technology will be there. Maybe it won't be there. So it'll take a little bit of time, but we're going to continue to grow. But so far, I think that's the key thing is the user experience because we can have the greatest shows ever on our platform. And if the user experience sucks, mm. um, I mean, look, WWE network. I loved the WWE network before mm -hmm. Peacock. Mm -hmm. I am not a fan of the WWE network on Peacock. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we, we don't want to be that, you know, WWE network on Peacock has everything as a wrestling fan you could ever want to watch, but it's like pulling teeth to, to find it. You know? can't find it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's that. Um, and then also the content, you know, we, we wanted to look, we understood we weren't going to be able to launch with, you know, the biggest promotions. Um, so it was very important to us to try and find the history of wrestling. We look at it almost like we're curating a museum. Um, and we wanted to be able to, so one thing I mentioned earlier was ECWA, um, we have an exclusive deal with ECWA multi-year exclusive deal. We will have their entire library. Um, I'm not even sure we'll have their entire library at launch because they keep finding more, uh, more videos and sending wow. them. So, I mean, we will probably still be adding stuff after launch, but one mm. thing that we will definitely have is we will have every single super eight tournament, wow. um, in the company's history, yeah. all available. Uh, which Bobby you're on, um, yeah. cause yeah. I, I, I uploaded that video. So, uh. <laughs> um, so, but it's amazing. I mean, when you look at the talent that that's come through, through just oh. the, just the super eight tournament, forgetting yeah. even any other side of ECWA or any of the yeah. other great promotions that we have, like wrestle pro, uh, we have CZW, which, you know, mm -hmm. modern day CZW is different than it was back in the day. But that library is amazing. And, sure. you know, and I also think there's some incredible talent that's there today that is a great opportunity for them to be, you know, introduced to a larger audience. But yeah. that, I mean, you're talking about, you know, Kevin Owens and, and uh, uh, Sami Zayn, you know, people that they watch today, Adam Cole. You know, yeah, that, I was just going to say, Cole with, came through season. You know, um, yeah. uh, there's, I'm trying to think. But also, I mean, just the Super 8, like I was mentioning, You've got uh, Xavier Woods, AJ Styles, Christopher mm -hmm. Daniels. Um, yep, CD just, came through there. Yeah, um, um, uh, Cash Wheeler. 
Uh, yeah. I didn't even realize uh, he was in one of the Super 8 tournaments. If I'm not mistaken, Loki was Loki. in one of them. Um, there yeah, is finals of one of the Super 8 tournaments, which is Tommaso Ciampa versus Adam Cole. Um, oh, wow. wow. I mean, tell me a, a wrestling that, fan right? who doesn't, you know, who doesn't want to check that out. So, right. And, right. and that's something that's exciting. It's like we knew the his, the rich history of some of these promotions. Yeah. But even things like WrestlePro, like I do commentary for WrestlePro, but I've only been doing that for the last year or so. So mm -hmm. I'm going back and watching some of these old things, and all of a sudden there's post-WWE, pre-AEW Cody Rhodes walking out there, and I'm like, oh, wow. oh damn, okay, we've got that. And then mm -hmm. I'm starting to see all of this different talent that's popping up that's come through there. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then you look at guys like people who are coming up who trained at Creative Pro. So you've got mm -hmm. WrestlePro has the acclaimed uh, MJF. Oh, they, really? So wow. It's incredible. Um, and wow. one of the one of the awesome features that we have is if you go in and you search, um, which is something that takes a long time to get all that metadata in there. But if you search, <laughs> you go in and you search Bobby Fish every single match that you ever had that is in a library that we have the the right to air right. um will pop up oh so which there is something some that stinkers is in there <laughs> for better or worse right so it, yes but it's all worse. there and it's yeah. it's and that's something that i think is really cool too mm. um i know that's something that the wwe network had wanted to do and, and wasn't able to to do it and so we have collections as well so like if you'll go into a czw i mentioned guys like like kevin steen and, and stuff like he'll have a, a he'll be a featured wrestler in the czw yeah. section there um he'll yeah. probably be featured on the main page as well but you know so as you know a guy like a kevin matthews from wrestle pro um he'll be featured there so you'll be able to watch a lot of his stuff and yeah. as we grow and we get more libraries there's just more and more content yeah. um like you mentioned earlier, being a small world, it really is when you realize all yeah. these people that work to all these different places. Yeah. Um, and then there's the new stuff too that we have. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I think it goes back to the user experience. I think people are just, they're going to love it. They're going to see these, these hidden gems in there um, by event and by section. We actually have a hidden gem section as well yeah. for, you know, for some of these matches. I just, as I'm hearing you describe this, like one of the cooler things that sticks out to me is the fact that like, I think uh, guys on the come up, like there's, you know, uh, obviously there's benefit in doing the bigger shows and whatever, even on an indie level. But um, I was always a believer that like, even the small shows, like you talked about before, working in front of one person or 10 people, anytime you have an opponent and a ring, and an audience like that's your stage and some of those times where like because there's not a lot of people out there you might like not put as much effort into it or you will just not be as um uh concerned so you might let loose a little more and in those moments i swear to god like i i've seen people develop things that they ended up keeping in their act and it's happened to me myself where like you know because you don't have the reservations and you're not worried and you're like oh you know for lack of a better term like f it i'll whatever and you right. stumble upon a gem and you're like oh okay i'm gonna keep that yeah, it's a great time to try things out. And but yeah. it's funny is nowadays, like, yeah, you try it out, but now with 
with streaming services, it's also like everything's everywhere. So you all, <laughs> yeah. you have to, even if there are yeah. only like, you know, a couple people in the crowd, yeah. you still got to be on, but yeah. Um, yeah. But it's well, a great it's... way to, to showcase, you know, new talent. And then that's something we thought was important too, is having all these new shows and we've got some great promotions that are going to have, you know, young up and coming talent. But now that talent who's going to go on our platform to watch their stuff back is also going to be able to go and watch things and a learn from, you know, people like yourself watching your matches, but also, you know, you joked about some stinkers in there. Yeah. I think that's really important too, for them to be able to look back and maybe look at that and go like, yeah. oh, okay, there's Bobby fish. Okay. I see him the way that I'm used to him, but mm -hmm. oh, he's not quite as polished as, as right. I, as he is today and kind of like, let them know in a way like, Hey, that's okay. You know, yeah. like, even the guys that are really polished now had to start somewhere. And it's, it's a process. Know, yeah, It's so. a process. And I really don't like anytime my advice has been welcomed or whatever. It, it, that's part of what I'll say is like, there's only so much. So like you can be a great athlete or a great this or a great talker or great whatever, but there's only so much expediting of the process mm -hmm. that is possible. Like there's a certain amount of repetition that you just got to have to get it or you just don't get it. And even it doesn't matter how look at a guy like a Kurt angle, right? Mm -hmm. You could look at him in his first year and everybody goes like, he just took to it like a, a fish to water. He was sure. just incredible. Mm -hmm. But then you look at him a few years later and mm -hmm. it's just night yeah. and day. He's so yeah. much better. Yeah. And it's like, even the guys that learn quickly to your yeah. point, they need, they still need time Yeah, because seasoning. Yeah. They, yeah. you just, you have to have that. And that's with anything I think in general, but, mm -hmm. but, yeah, but I, no I like what you're saying about somebody, you know, younger talent coming up and they can go back and see some of the growing pains and see, you know, when, you know, you did things a little bit uglier and you weren't yeah. quite as, uh, as smooth as, uh, as you are present day. Yeah. And I think also some of the, you know, to somebody who might say like, oh, well, you know, you don't have the WWE pay-per-views on your network. And I say like, okay, but you're getting, like you talked about all those, they're pretty much like getting all the house shows, all the things where people are really honing their craft mm -hmm. um, and they have time and they have, you know, uh, some of the ones that are more experienced, they have that time to work and you can really, I mean, there's mm -hmm. so many great matches uh on our network that I am just so excited to be able to actually like announce and show mm -hmm. showcase these matches to people. So yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's exciting. And I hope that I hope that this ends up being something that people in the industry as, as well as like, you know, fans, obviously, but I mm -hmm. hope that people in the industry are going to end up coming to this site. And, uh, and I think they will. Cause I think a lot of people are just going to go, man, I, I've never seen that match of mine. Uh, I want to check right. it out, but I think well, that it's something like we said, we're curating it like a museum of this stuff. You know, I would like to point out something to that effect. As you were talking here, um, there is a difference between TV wrestling and, you know, wrestling yeah. and the way that it was done back in the day, or even the way that it's just done at a house show or done where there's a little more freedom and there's not such time constraints and you're not worried about TV angles and blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. So like sometimes performers, um, you know, you're just, you're able to just feel it more. Yeah. And those 
a lot of those occasions are generally just for the house crowd. And what you're saying now is that like this service is going to provide some of those to be seen on a, on a wider, like you, you don't have to be in the arena that evening. You could have caught, you know, this thing that was just different. And that sounds, man, that sounds cool. And then we have also shows like yours, you know, which is awesome because it's, it's, an opportunity for people to come in and have kind of that destination, uh, mm-hmm. you know, destination television is what they would say, but destination streaming. Mm-hmm. And while you can watch your stuff on demand, it's also, we want people to be able to get excited in that, in that way. So like if they know your show is coming on at a specific time, a specific day mm-hmm. and they have nothing to do, well, okay, go watch some old stuff, go mm-hmm. enjoy that. Check out, you know, a, a preview of something else that's going to be coming up soon. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, it's this time. Okay, I can check out the Undisputed podcast. Right. And then when that's over, we you can go right on the schedule and go like, oh, there's this other show coming in. So right. we have kind of married that like on-demand aspect and also that specific sounds scheduling. It. You know, yeah. Um, we want to like. just keep people there. We want to keep you on the platform. You know, twenty-four-seven. Cool. We want you yeah. there. And there, <laughs> trust me, there is enough stuff to keep you on there all the time. Um, it's a lot. Uh, but it's, yeah. it, it's going to be great. And I'm just, I, I'm honestly, I'm really as a lifelong wrestling fan, it's really exciting to be able to put all this, all this content on here. Um, stuff that I had never seen before. Um, yeah. I, I get to be like the, you know, the first one who gets to check all this stuff out. It's like, yeah. you think back to the tape trading days. Oh like, yeah. Man, it's, it's just, mm-hmm. it's so much easier now to digest the stuff. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> the tape trading day. It's amazing. Yeah. You know? Wow. Wow. I haven't thought about those yet yeah. in a while. But it's so much uh, easier now. It's yeah, that, that's when you start so to feel old and you go, oh, kids these days, they'll never understand. <laughs> they you know, don't know the tape trading. Yeah. They don't even know what a VHS <laughs> is. <laughs> I, you know, it's crazy for me because Josh, I know like I wore out like the VHS tapes of the war games and stuff yeah. when I was a kid growing up. And then, you know, all these years later in my professional career to be in some of the war games matches was so yeah. surreal. Like, what are we talking about? Um, and yeah, that's, that's really cool. And this is all going to be uh, kind of a, a destination sort of thing for you guys there it sounds it sounds really just unique like i i don't think i've i've heard something described in a similar vein you know i appreciate that yeah i mean that's that's what we're going for you know and and something we were you know paul and fred and myself were talking the other day about how like you know there's been a lot of hype around it people are really getting excited about it and we haven't even launched yet. We don't have mm-hmm. anything. People are hyped and excited about something that they're, they're trusting us, what we're telling mm-hmm. them it's going mm-hmm. to be. And we're, you know, we take that very seriously because, you know, we're, we're building this up to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is how confident we are that people are going to be blown away by the platform. Um, awesome. And I, I just, you know, but again, at the same time, we're very confident. We think people are going to be blown away. We think they're going to love it. But we also understand that it is not going to be perfect. And we, yep. we want to listen to the feedback. We right. want that feedback uh, so we can keep making it better and better and better. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, it, you know, being open-minded like that and you're, if you're looking to deliver the best, um, you're not gonna deliver necessarily the best right out of the gate. Like right. you can't, that that's an unrealistic expectation. Yeah. Um, but with today's day and age with streaming and, and with all these advancements, like, yeah, I mean, to be able to tweak along the way, yeah. And to, you know, change things and do things uh, in that way, like, uh, it sounds uh, brilliant to me. I'll tell you, our, our first um, our first live stream that we are going to do is actually the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. Matt Cardona and uh, oh, Brian Myers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it is, uh, that's the first, it's their live show, that their live okay. stage show that they're doing. And that is the first live stream. And so I'm actually going to be emceeing their event as well, which I've done one of those in the past for them. Um, But I can tell you, I am not going to be nervous about standing out in front of people talking on a microphone, but I am going to be incredibly nervous at that point, knowing (laughs) that I don't know if everything's going smoothly because that's like what I want to be doing there is sitting there looking at my phone or at my computer or on the right. phone with our tech team going like, is right. everything good? Is everything good? But I'm going to be the last to know uh, yeah. if, well, if it's streaming well. Fair. So it's, but we're, you know, but we're ready for it. Um, and Your faith will be tested. Yeah. Have faith, yeah, Have faith my friend. But, uh, you know, so we're just, that's one thing is, you know, we're hoping we know there's going to be growing pains with anything that's new, of course. Uh, but we're planning, you know, we'll be ready. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, we're excited for it. I'm really excited for it to actually launch and for people to be able to just come to it and enjoy it. And uh, you know, and, and again, like I said in the beginning, you know, having your podcast on here is awesome. We're, we are so excited to have you guys on because it's just, you know, to have that type of content it, it, where there's somebody who's actively involved in the wrestling business and involved in MMA and like, you know, it, it's, it's exciting to be able to have that as opposed to just, you know, I can get on there and, and talk, sure. but it's great to be able to go to it and just be like, this is, this is Bobby fish. Who's actively involved right now in wow. the business. Let's, you know, we're, let's listen. We're excited. So. We're excited to be a part of it. Um, it sounds, it sounds awesome. And uh, I got to say like, as a, a man of faith myself, like, you know, it's not always the easiest thing to have that faith in, and I'm talking life in general. So I can, I can understand the anxiety going into the launch and everything. Um, but I, I think uh, he's working it out in uh, for your, for your good. I think he's got yeah, a plan. I mean, I, yeah. Hopefully they, uh, it's a successful plan. And, uh, I you think know. so. I think um, so. But that's so another a thing. A lot of you know, hard work's gone into it, and that will be, you know. And that that's another thing that we're really, you know, appreciative of you guys as well is, uh, you know, I mentioned the, the you know, potential uh, users who are excited about this and we haven't launched yet. Mm-hmm. But to have the, the, you know, for you guys to have the trust in us as well mm-hmm. to, you know, to sign on to be a part of this without actually, you know, having it up and running yet, mm-hmm. uh, means a lot. And we're really, you know, we're grateful to you guys for that. And, uh, and we're excited. Um, I just think, you know, your, your listeners and viewers are going to love it. They're going to love the experience. It's going to be mm-hmm. easy. 
to digest the programming and uh yeah it's just gonna be fun i'm, I'm just i'm ready to go already with yeah it. i can um, tell i can yeah. tell we're excited to be a part on the ground level on the you know launch and to be you know to have the opportunity to grow along with the network um that to me um is one of the coolest elements is that we're going to grow right along with with the network itself definitely yep all right. I think we're going to end it with this. There's been oh, some talk. There's oh, been some boy. talk about the old infamous Iggy. Now Iggy. we got two professional wrestlers on the show. We got, you know, one and Josh a half. And Bobby. Well, yeah, one and a half. What Please. about my one match that I wrestled? Making? Okay, I got three. Give well, us the definition. If we get too far into that, Dennis, somebody's going to get arrested. And that's true. That's true. Give the I, don't know, proper... I don't know if the network's ever been shut down before it's launched. But... <laughs> yeah, Dennis, don't do, don't. don't okay, do we'll keep problem. that under wraps. <laughs> Give the proper definition of the infamous. So I did there. The oh, infamous Frank. That's why you get paid the big Frank. bucks, Frank. Frank, the master of wordplay. <laughs> the wordsmith, Frank Ferraro. Brother. Um. Oh, God. I don't know, Josh. Do you want to field the uh, Iggy question first, or you want me to lead off? I'll let uh, you you lead off. Uh, okay. But yeah, it's but one thing that I think we can agree on is that it, it can be kind of different depending on how you yes. came up and where you came up in the business. But uh, I agree. I agree. Um, for me, the first um, introduction to the the iggy or the office it was actually called the office to me by tony devito when i first started training and it was um a silent form of communication that would exist between uh performers in the ring um and it was any number of uh physical squeeze or rub or whatever you want to call it um but it was so let's just say um, I'm and I hate going like the inside baseball terminology here, but I'm going to do it for the sake of this making sense. So let's say Josh is going to shoot me across the ring and uh, he gives me a little bit of a, a squeeze on my wrist. Um, I know he wants me to reverse it. You know, so that's that's the office or that's the Iggy now. Over the years, and I don't know, a guy like William Regal or Fit Finley from the day when there was much more nonverbal communication, like there was much less discussion in the back in their day. Um, we've kind of bastardized this thing called pro wrestling with the current version with so much discussion. So they may have only done it one way, but in the current incarnation of it, you will get guys um, doing the Iggy to um, say, you know, nice, you know, like good match or that was, you know, favorable or, you know, whatever. Like it's a, it's a nonverbal communication. So that's where it can get, confusing for people um and yeah some I, Iggy's or better than yeah. others go ahead josh yeah. no I, I was just gonna say like i i remember what's funny for me is i, I don't really have much of a, a memory of 
like the post match mm-hmm. Iggy. Like I don't. Well, I I'll remember like there were times where, um, I remember one time in particular I had somebody in a uh in in a chokehold, right? Like it was mm-hmm. that was, and they're gonna tap out, mm-hmm. and I used it. I used the you know I gave them the Iggy for them to because I was calling the match for them to tap mm-hmm. in in the sense that instead of being like hold it longer hold it longer slow down do it like mm-hmm. it was i was able to sell i was able to yell whatever i wanted to i'm choking them their heads all the way down under my arm anyway mm-hmm. um because i'm in a guillotine choke so i was able to just kind of give that little squeeze and that was when they were to tap to just kind of mm-hmm. so they were going based on my feel of mm-hmm. how long they should be fighting and fighting and then sure tap out so there were things like that. The reversal was one that I remember, mm-hmm. you know, clearly. And obviously, you know, my time in the ring versus your time in the ring is uh, mm-hmm. very, very different. But, um, you know, you have way more experience. And and with that, way more times of experiencing that with different wrestlers. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually kind of curious for you because I, I don't, off the top of my head, really remember it standing out of like the, the I mean, I, I, I guess I kind of remember the post-match, like, most of the time mm-hmm. I was, I was on my back. So, you know, so mm-hmm. I, uh, uh, when I was in there with some real pros, uh, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so for you, like, I mean, I guess it can be confusing, right? Like it, it, can, it can be to kind um, of dance around the conversation, a bit, but like, it can be a confusing <laughs> thing, right? Like if you, it's the same to, to simplify it with the, the, the example that you used, I would think it's like, imagine that if I give you a squeeze to you, that means I want you to reverse. Mm-hmm. But to me, it, it means I, I want you to, you know, take a drop kick, right? Mm-hmm. Like if that's, which would never be, but like, if that was in my mind, mm-hmm. well, that's going to go terribly wrong. That's yeah. Not. And that's well, what I'm saying is like, so when you have people with a different opinion of what, of what it is or a different understanding, yeah, you know, it yeah and so like i know there were a lot of iggy's uh i did a lot of work in japan early on and japan there's a language barrier obviously and you know so there was a lot of um physical communication that way in japan and guys just never seemed to fuck it up i it just was a like kind of a learned thing um and i'll say this as far as my own work um I developed and and have a very strong dependence upon a Muay Thai technique that uh, I learned training legitimate martial arts, which is the plum clinch. And it's basically, you know, I'm I'm clinched around your neck and like, I don't want to say like, I'll shoot on people with it, but in a, in a working manner, um, I have control of you. Like you're not going anywhere. So if I'm trying to, uh, I, I can get messages to you that way with the clinch and you're, like I said, you're probably not going anywhere unless you know how to get out of it. Um, so it takes some of the miscommunication out of it and not necessarily in a way where it's like, okay, well, he's being a dickhead. Like, no, it just, you're going where I, I want you to go. You can slow um, it down if you want to slow it down. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. You're gonna, um, so you're I, I think that there, and, and it may just be the evolution of, of modern day pro wrestling, but I think like there's a place for that stuff. Like I think it would do a lot of pro wrestlers some good to learn some of the nuances of the plum clinch um, to know how to control another human being in those instances without it being necessarily obvious, you know, um, just my two cents, I suppose, but yeah. <laughs> so I think we can put the Iggy to bed. Uh, <laughs> oh, Frank. <laughs> oh boy, Frank. Nighty night, Iggy. <laughs> <sighs> On that note, Dennis, Josh. <laughs> oh man! Well, thank you guys so much for having me on. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I hope me. any of your listeners are still still tuned in after my stories. Um, <laughs> no, your stories were fine. It was just uh, Frank's Iggy joke at the end. I think may have just <laughs> turned a lot of people against us. Yeah, may have lost a lot of followers on that one. <laughs> Is it worse than the Iron Sheik impression? Yeah, no, nothing is worse than me. I haven't heard that. Yeah, no, that's not. There you go, yeah, Josh. That's something. That's something. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for asking, Josh. Appreciate that. <laughs> Brother. All <laughs> right. Well, I think that definitely. If if the show weren't over, it's now. <laughs> it's, it's over. Frank? I want to say... Hi to Daddy Magic for giving me a shout out on your Twitter page and um, all the followers behind it who gave me um, a ribbing on Twitter. Okay. So thank well, you very much. Thank you. Twitter sucks. I don't know how you feel, Josh. I hate it. But it's a Twitter, it, yeah. I mean, I've gone back and forth. I'm, I don't want twitter anymore no, it's a dirty shitty place full of shitbag people yeah. yeah i i consider i will consider myself successful when i have reached a point in my career where i can pay somebody to do my social media for me uh, that's okay. the, that is the twitter. ultimate success that's <laughs> okay. I, where where i can just live in in blissful <laughs> ignorance not right. knowing what's going on in the rest right. of the world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mentioned earlier people who's, uh, who the, you know, it was given a voice to people who should have remained voiceless. That's, yes. that's you know, Twitter. Yeah. That's Twitter. You basically just outlined what Twitter is. Yeah. Yep. Yes. <laughs> the people who should be voiceless, the voice yep. of the voiceless. But having said that, you can, you can follow me on Twitter at, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yes, at least for another day or two. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, enough of the Twitter bashing. We'll uh, we'll cue that up on another future episode. Enough bashing Twitters. Good. All right. Well, Josh, thank you so much. Yeah, well, Josh. Thank you guys. And and man, we are excited. We are so Absolutely. excited going forward, man. Awesome. Really excited. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, well, Frank has added his. Cool. Frank has added his two cents, so say goodnight, Bobby. Ah, uh, goodnight, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs>